I V M. Hello everyone and welcome to Triangle of Fans. This is Monish and as always I'm joined here by Nishant. If you worked in a corporate environment you know what a peak season is and this is exactly the peak season for the NBA. The front offices, the GMs, the players are in free agents and everyone's running pillar to post to get deal done. A lot of deals have been happening. Uh, the draft has happened. Free agency begins in a few days. In fact it begins today, tomorrow, sometime soon. And a lot lot more to talk about. A few things have been happening around the NBA in today's episode. We'll talk about Clay Thompson. He's been injured. What an unfortunate scenario for him after missing around 18 months of basketball. He misses another season. That's that's totally heartbreaking. Is one of the most loved players around the league, I believe. Also, OKC get a few more picks. Not surprising. They've traded away all the players that they got in the recent deals. Seth Curry is going to be playing with his father-in-law, and a lot, lot more happening around the league. We'll talk about all, all about this. Hey Nishant, what's up? What's happening? Hey, uh, devastated by the Clay Thompson news. Like I said, I, I mean, I've I've said this a bunch of times now. I'm a Lakers fan, but with that Warriors unit in in full flow, their offense is a is a sight to behold. And uh, I would have really enjoyed the challenge that they would have brought in the West. Maybe even as as equal favorites if they had all of their pieces together. So that's really devastating, especially for a player like Clay Thompson. I fear for his career now because, uh. he sat out an entire season with an acl on one leg and now another entire season with an achilles injury on the other either of these are career ending injuries for most players to have both in back to back years it's it's just a lot to take i i don't know if we'll ever see clay thompson clay thompson back on the on the nba court uh but but yeah it's just it's sad news sad news all around to to start the week Yeah yeah absolutely i mean uh, well, he's one of the most uh, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, he's one of the most loved players in the league right i mean uh, everyone you might not be a warriors fan but whenever you see Seth, uh, steph curry and clay thompson strut their stuff and shoot those threes like for fun uh, it's a delight to watch and i think nobody really uh, nobody i mean they were not really haters i mean even though they were a powerhouse and had three championships and five consecutive yeah, yeah. finals and all of that yeah, I mean, so that's going to be totally devastating what yeah no i was, I was just saying exceptional players true gentlemen uh, just a class act both of them it's it's you you really can't hate those guys you can say you don't like their style of play if at all if, if that that could be a player critic but there's really no hating hating these guys just straight up professionals gentlemen it's it's sad it's, it's devastating to hear this but let's see what golden state can put together Yeah, absolutely. Does that uh, we were at the start of the season or at the start of these rumor season and all of that? We were talking about Warriors being potential contenders and back in the mix right away, right? But this kind of uh, is a hammer in the or a nail in the works, right? Because Clay Thompson, I don't think you can any, I don't think you can replace such a player first of all. No. But now the Warriors have to find a replacement. Uh, they already used the draft uh, to pick a big center in James Wiseman. Yeah, they have a seventeen point two million exception that they have to f- figure out what to do by Monday, and they've signed in Kelly Oubre Jr. Now uh, he's right. no Clay Thompson, but decent numbers. He has eighteen point seven 
point average season, six point four rebounds. But yeah, he's no Kelly, he's uh, no Clay Thompson. He just shoots thirty five percent from three, which is pretty much the league average. Yeah, and yeah. You're missing out quite a bit. So what do what do the Warriors do from here? When you've got Steph Curry on your team, you're making the playoffs. Like, uh, Steph Curry for a full season, any half decent team is making the playoffs. So this really isn't a question of is this a playoff team or not. It might be tough. Maybe they'll battle it out, but I expect them to be in the playoffs. But but the drop that we've had is with Clay Thompson, we were legitimately discussing the Warriors as a threat to the Lakers, as you know the resurgence of the championship Warriors, and they're going to be back and back with a vengeance and with a point to prove and all of that. It's the the only sad part is that they kind of fell off from that level to now. Okay, they're a strong team. It'll be interesting to see what they do. That's as is. I still believe they can make a few moves to make themselves, uh, push themselves really up the the strength ladder in the West. Kelly Oubre Jr. I, I don't know. I'm not really convinced. I think he's a nice young talent. I liked him. I liked him where he was because he had opportunities to flourish in a young unit, along with uh, uh, Aiton and and Booker and all of these guys. He had a chance to flourish, but. Uh, coming on to the Warriors team, this is a team that likes to shoot a lot of threes, that likes to space the floor. Now, now if Kelly Oubre Jr. is a 35%, which is rank average from three, I mean, you have people like Anthony Davis shooting almost those numbers, so you can't possibly be a non-big scoring that. Now, maybe that will go up slightly with Steph Curry creating for him and with with the kind of spacing that the that the Golden State Warriors team will have, especially now with the with a big that they can ro- uh, roll around and they can get pick and roll actions going. Maybe that will go up slightly, but it doesn't excite me. It, him on this team, it doesn't really seem like a great fit. Uh, also, he often plays the position that Andrew Wiggins plays. So, how are they going to, you know, how are they going to handle their rotations? I don't think he's a positional replacement for Clay either. And he's far from a player level replacement. So I, I think they're still going to be in the market for one more move. Let's see how it goes. Maybe they can pick up a good contract uh, that expires by the end of the year so that they get a good player now, but they keep their options open. I hear Gordon Hayward's going to be <laughs> going to be available. He's opted out and um, Golden State never cared a damn about luxury tax. So that could be something they do. Let's see. I, I think they'll keep their options open, but I don't expect that they're done. I think they had a lot of ambition. I think they're still going to make moves to to stay fighting fit. Yeah, um, Gordon Hayward, that's the next player I want to talk about. So let's just jump right into that. Gordon Hayward has opted out of his 34 million contract from the Celtics. Mm-hmm. So that leaves him a free agent, probably the biggest name uh, in the free agency this uh, right. offseason. A couple of teams seem to be interested in him, most notably Atlanta Hawks. And I actually think this might be a good move because Atlanta have a very exciting thing going on there with Trey Young and DeAndre uh, Collins, Josh Collins, who was injured for a long who was suspended actually for a long part of the season and all of that. Clint Capella is there. So that looks like a pretty interesting unit and up-and-coming unit. And you think Gordon Hayward's experience can help this team? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, with Gordon Hayward, it's a huge contract and a player who has recently had a lot of injury troubles. So that that automatically filters out some of the potential suitors and the rest of them get filtered out just by the sheer size of the contract. Now, a, a lot of clubs that maybe if he were fitter, maybe he was a different player. Maybe some clubs would consider luxury tax, but nobody's taking a, a punt on Gordon Hayward and then also risking luxury tax. That's not going to happen, right? So that kind of limits the teams that are uh, viable suitors for him. So you're down to New York, you're down to, I don't know, Charlotte, I suppose, would have cap space in Atlanta and a couple of teams like this, right? So 
of those i for sure uh, atlanta is the the best fit but i already think that stray young's team because they got him in when nobody else was really around and he's kind of like the face of their franchise and they're building around him but does gordon hayward want to be that guy like an add on add on piece to stray young or does he want to go to new york and see if there's a team that can be built around him because they can give him the big bucks and he'll be a marquee player on a franchise that's dying for a star player and they can build around him and they just acquired a pretty exciting talent in the in the draft lottery and uh, god knows they have enough cap space to acquire some more talent around gordon hayward because they just cut a bunch of players like you had mentioned just before the call uh, so so i think yeah. new york would make more sense if he really wants a team built around him but if he wants to slot in in atlanta that will make atlanta a very very interesting team and they could definitely use his leadership for sure yeah so do you think gordon hayward actually uh, values the team being built around him i mean is it still a thing for him because uh, he's missed large portions of the previous few seasons because of injury and then you can't really rely upon him being available the whole season because of his history yeah. right yeah so i think the move to atlanta makes a lot more sense i don't think he'd mind being the Uh, not the main face of the franchise in Atlanta, and I think that should be okay if if that's okay with him. Yeah. I think it's a really really good move. Also, yeah, I mean, the fact that in Celtics he was not mm-hmm. really a part of the starting lineup anymore, right? He right. was already a six player. Marcus Smart could not have been kept on the bench anymore, and he kind of was a replacement for him yeah. during the playoffs. So uh, that's probably the reason he also left Boston. So what you're saying makes sense there. Yeah, so exactly. So, like I said, it depends on really what his motivation is. If he wants a team to be built around him, it's not going to happen in Atlanta. It can absolutely happen in New York. Now, the point about injury concerns is valid, but it's New York. They like they'll they'll take you and me if we're available right now because they so desperately need somebody to put on a Knicks jersey. Uh, Got a they have a pretty exciting. a uh, big guy that they've acquired in the in the draft lottery and they have a bunch of picks like i said they have cap space it it could be the start of something exciting in new york and at least for him it's going to be a big payday and a team built around him so if he wants to go down the camelo anthony sort of route new york's there but if he doesn't mind slotting in and wants to be a part of at least a stronger team that can contend for the playoffs atlanta it is so it really depends on what his motivations are i think i both moves make sense in their own way absolutely and like you said the new york uh, knicks have cut out six people uh, six yeah. players they waived out six players and created 40 million in uh, cap space so they're going to be uh, super busy this uh, free agency yeah i see the self growing there <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so i don't know new york being super busy is a whole lot of them trying to get stuff done and players rejecting them for the most part i hope they really can put something together because it's been a while since the mecca of sports and the greatest arena on the planet and whatever else they're calling it uh really saw some action when is the last time that they were buzzing maybe jeremy lin insanity that's what it and ever since it's largely been an inconsequential um touch point while teams go on the road and travel and play matches and come back it has no significance so i really want to see that team back on the map Yeah, I thought the last time the Madison Square Garden was buzzing was when they hosted WrestleMania whenever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like it's a bit like the Dallas Cowboys, right? The team sucks, you know it's going to suck, but but the second they win even like half a game, they they show you a glimpse of uh, the potential they have or that they can maybe win a game and all of a sudden everyone's going crazy the saying 
Super Bowl, World Championship, we're going to win it all. All it takes is one win and the, and the fans kind of start losing their, their mind. It's true for New York, the Knicks. It's true for the Dallas Cowboys. It's true for, for Manchester United. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see that fan base active again with, with maybe a sliver of hope this time. <laughs> Absolutely. Another, uh, another big news that's been happening. Uh, Bogdan Bagdanovich, uh, we, we spoke about this deal a few days back oh, and it seems like that has fallen through and he's <laughs> not going to the Milwaukee Bucks anymore. He's uh, opted out of his player option and he's he's a free agent as well. And I think a few teams will be interested in him. So I'm sure he's going to make uh, good out of it. But a big loss for uh, Milwaukee Bucks because they were hoping to land him. And also a big, big loss for Sacramento Kings now who lost the player, who's lost the replacements for him and everything else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for Sacramento, this is a huge blow. Because this was the only way they were really going to make sense of him exiting. Because it was clear he wanted to exit. He wasn't getting along with the team, the coach. He wasn't happy with being replaced in the in the starting lineup. Uh, and, but then he got his starting spot back and he still wasn't happy and it was just a mess. So, him moving was inevitable. Uh, but this box deal seemed like the only way Sacramento would get something out of it. Instead of letting him walk away for free after, after he exercised his player option and opted out, right? Uh, I, I'm looking around at the league. First of all, what a clusterfuck for Milwaukee. Because they announced this deal. Everyone ran with it. Everyone analyzed how this team would shape up. This is one of the best starting fives in basketball. Uh, everyone's just, just buzzing because they just upgraded from Bledsoe to... Uh, they just upgraded Bledsoe to Drew Holiday. And then they got Bogdan in at the two. So it, it looked like Drew, Bogdan, uh, Chris Middleton, Giannis... And Brook Lopez, and that's a fearsome uh, starting five. And now <clears throat> Bogdan's out of it. Not only do they lose a starting caliber player, they lose a three-point sharpshooter, which they so desperately need, especially in the playoffs. Like they're going to steamroll everyone in the regular season, but the playoffs—that's when it starts to count. So it, it's terrible for them, especially as the deadline for Giannis to sign a supermax looms large, and he has a he has a decision to make by today. This doesn't really put the Bucks in a position of strength. Now, for for Sacramento, as a Lakers fan, might I suggest they have a player that they can only get value out of through a sign-and-trade because the player has a player option and he most likely is going to opt out of his current contract. The Lakers have Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, who's in a similar situation. He also has a player option. And I, I would respect it if he opts out because he's proven himself sort of in the, in the postseason and he can get a better contract. It's not, it's not like he's going to become the face of a franchise, but he can definitely get a pay, better payday now that he's proven himself in the postseason and deservedly so. Um, could a sign and trade be on the cards here where uh, you know the Lakers pick up KCP, send him to, to Sacramento, get Bogdan? That would be a big time upgrade. Um, upgrading you know from a backcourt of KCP and Danny Green who was struggling to uh-huh. Bogdan Bogdanovich and uh, Dennis Schroeder. That's Lakers making moves. If that happens, so yeah, that could be one possible. The scariest team. Yeah, that's that's probably one possible kind of win-win win-win situation because Bogdan in Sacramento doesn't seem to be working out. KCP is not a bad player at all to acquire, and and they can build from there. Absolutely, a few other moves that have been happening. Seth Curry is moving to the 76ers uh, in return for Josh Richardson and a 36th pick that the Mavs got in summer. So, Seth Curry is going to 76. So, that's interesting because uh, he's a 44% shooter from three, yeah. career shooter from three. That's impressive. Also, Danny Green, who went to OKC, is going to the 76. So, 
that's like an entirely back court or a bench court <laughs> or a bench team that they're building up danny green is going to uh, the 76ers and in return mm-hmm. for al horford a big big contract of yeah. philadelphia's yeah. books now yeah uh, you know i i guess i guess the obvious question here would be why did dallas go for a move like this where they let go of seth curry but i think the first thing i want to point out and and talk about is Daryl Morey is making moves in Philadelphia. Like wherever he goes, he's never wanted to sit quietly. Uh, and as much criticism as he gets for this season's Rockets, what choice did he have? He literally did everything James Harden wanted. Did everything to put James Harden in a position to win, and it didn't quite work out. And that's after he was the one who identified James Harden, who was at that point a sixth man in OKC, and he said, "This guy is a starting caliber MVP level player." and he pulled james harden in built a team around him got him dwight howard he didn't get along with dwight howard dwight howard had to go all right great they rebuild again they they bring in chris paul looks like a winning thing james harden can't get along with chris paul and chris paul has to go then they bring in russell westbrook the next season and the, again there's there's some fitment issue though they're the best of friends off court on court it didn't quite work out so i i can't really blame a gm or a president that does this much for their star player where the star player doesn't seem to be putting in equal effort to make it work so daryl mori is always been known to to make moves and that's what he's doing at philadelphia it's amazing that he offloaded al hofford's ridiculous contract this fast al al hofford is well past his prime he was a great player but he's not anymore and that's a lot of money to play for to to pay for somebody who's not contributing not only did he offload him he's stacking up the that perimeter in in philadelphia they're lining up three shooter after three shooter to to create the spacing they need and to kind of offset ben simmons's lack of ability to shoot from the three assuming they keep ben simmons uh seth curry danny green that's that's quality additions to the to the perimeter let's see who else they get so daryl mori is making moves as for dallas i think they just offloaded a contract seth curry was locked in till 2023 uh in return they get josh richardson they might have to pay him a slight bit more but his contract ends at the end of the year and they have a ton of cap space going into next season's much awaited free agency yanis maybe i think it's safe to say they're probably making a play for yanis or somebody somebody else because there's going to be a bunch of stars but i think this is largely a cap space move for them all right uh, interesting and like i said uh, the okc have traded away whoever they got ricky rubio is gone now to yeah. the bubbles <laughs> kelly ubre junior we spoke about him he's gone to the warriors danny green is now gone to the 76ers for a few more so draft course. picks what are okc doing with these draft picks are they trading them away like pokemon cards just sounds like every year they're going to trade uh, draft picks for some more draft picks and they just keep rolling it to next year and next year and next year i just don't get it at some point you have way too many draft picks right you, you can't possibly use all of them now they'll probably have to come up with some kind of trade revolution where they make a bunch of trades over the next 3 years and everything that they give up in each trade will be nothing but draft picks like they don't there's no player involved like give give us this player we'll give you how about say seven picks in this season's draft and you give us that player i think it's going to be that sort of situation let's see damn they've piled up what is it that they have now i know they started with 16 is it 20 is it yeah they have 16 17 first round draft picks wow. till 2027 2027 i mean how do you even plan for that far ahead yeah i think that's that's all they can do from now is at some point they're going to have to make some moves trade for some players and and include a, a, just a truckload of draft picks in that trade yeah i'm trying to see who who currently exists in okc and i can't think of anyone except steven adams and now al horford and they're going to be playing with a bunch of draft picks 
Yeah, I, I don't remember Galinari's situation. I think, does he have a player option? Is he, a he has agent? a player option. That yeah, okay. Yet to be. yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, this OKC rebuild, it's it's vastly different from, from Philadelphia's The Process. Uh, so mm-hmm. it both seem just as bizarre on the surface, but if they know what they're doing, let's see. Let's see how this plays out. All right. Uh, the one move that has not made too much of noise is that Landry Shamet has moved to the East. He's going to be playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie in the Nets and probably James Harden. So we'll see how that goes. So mm-hmm. uh, is that a good move for the Nets? Shamet, yeah, sure. I think they've built a good... The Nets probably have more bench rotation than they can use. At some point, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to line up some exits, save some cap space, save some luxury tax because they're well into it otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if they want to make a trade for for James Harden, then absolutely. But but I don't know. I'm not sure Houston would let Harden go that easily because they've invested years and years into this guy, and now he just wants to wake up and say, oh, "Let's go, your uh, squad. I'm going to walk out." I'm I'm not sure if that's going to be met with a lot of. Um, I I don't know if this will get get hostile. But I think if I were Houston, I'd probably have a conversation with uh, like you know how when Cristiano Ronaldo was being approached by Real Madrid. Uh, yeah. to move over and you know, Manchester United's manager at the time had a man-to-man, got him to stay for one more season uh, just so that uh, the club, when they let him go, can get fairly compensated and they can get a, a big deal and also they they have that one more season to scout and try and line up replacements and all of that. So, I think it's going to be something like that with Houston unless uh, Brooklyn throw the kitchen sink at, at Houston and, and maybe offer Kyrie Irving, which again, I don't see happening. If I were Houston, I'd probably sit down with James Harden and say, "Listen, we gave like we gave you eight years or six years or whatever it was that that we invested in in developing your uh, squads around you. What we'd like from you is one more year, so that we can get fair value for you. And right now, we're not getting anything for you because when you give up James Harden, you can kind of match his salary with a combination of whatever Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, Caris Levert. Yes, on mathematically, it works." But all of those three players combined also cannot replace the impact of a James Harden yeah. on a squad. So I think it's fair for Houston to say we want something more from you. This is going to be one of the biggest moves, at least trade-wise. This is going to be one of the biggest moves in in the last two decades, and we want to make sure we get fair value for you. And should work out. Should work out. Yeah, one absolute uh, last trade that I want to talk about. A probable trade that is. Uh, we go back to Russ Westbrook again, right? And he's been linked to a bunch of clubs who can afford him. Uh, the latest I've heard is John Wall for Russell Westbrook. John Wall mm-hmm. has an equally ridiculous contract. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what do you make of that? I mean, are Rockets doing this entirely wrong? I mean, Westbrook has got to be a better player than John Wall, definitely, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, is it even a question? Of course, Westbrook's a better player than John Wall. It's not even close. John Wall's phenomenal. Russell Westbrook is all-world all-time. He just wasn't in the right system this year and that gave us all the memes and the humor. But Russell Westbrook is still pretty phenomenal right now. Um, if I were Houston, you have two superstars that clearly can't get it done together, don't want to play together. They're great friends, blah, 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 but they don't want to play well. They don't want to play together. And you've got a trade. Brooklyn right now does not offer anything great for James Harden unless they put Kyrie into the mix somewhere there and they're not going to do that. So that doesn't, doesn't seem like a great trade. The absolute dream scenario, if you are Fertitta running the, the Houston Rockets, is both your superstars worn out. Can you maybe call your good old friend Daryl Morey in Philadelphia? See if they'd be interested in 
putting together some kind of package where it's a uh, James Harden for Ben Simmons straight swap or maybe Ben Simmons plus plus for James Harden would that be a deal they would be they would be interested in because James Harden on the Sixers with Embiid with all of those perimeter shooters that they've acquired that's a phenomenal um uh, lineup and then Doc Rivers coaching them that's a bonafide champ chip contender right there and Houston Rockets get Ben Simmons a guy that they can easily build a a chip contending squad around over the next 2 years and then there's Westbrook and and again i'm saying the absolute dream scenario for Houston i wouldn't mind uh, bringing in John Wall for for Russell Westbrook it's a bit of a weird fit John Wall and Ben Simmons and how they'll mesh together but his host James Harden and, and Russell Westbrook and you, you all gave that some time so at least get get value for the players you're giving out i think they should go for John Wall plus plus or maybe tell washington listen wall isn't going to cut it give us bradley beal for westbrook uh-huh. or brad bradley beal plus for westbrook and then we're talking and then suddenly they have ben simmons and bradley beal what a backcourt that is and that's exciting so so houston can there are on paper deals that they can make but i don't think they should be in any hurry because that's what contracts are for now players expect to get guaranteed money Uh, I don't think it's wrong for franchises to expect guaranteed tenure and and that the contract should be honored. Absolutely. Uh, what I'm looking forward to today is the free agent negotiations can begin. So we'll have a bunch of these rumors yeah. the next time we talk. A uh, bunch of probably even confirmed deals that the next time we talk. We'll have Yanis, uh, right? Of them, the, yeah. The, the decision, Yanis, is that up today? Yeah, the decision for uh, Yanis signing a supermax contract is up today, and. I think that will create a ripple effect where if Giannis signs a contract, yep. a lot of teams know that they can't afford him, like the Mavs, Miami, Toronto. Even uh, they will just go about and sign their players. Probably Toronto will just re-sign Van Fleet, right? How, how would he replace? Yeah, that? I agree. I agree. I think like half the league is waiting for Giannis to make a move so they can know whether to wait and try and pounce for Giannis or just move on with their lives. Yeah, I think you're very right. So yeah, that that'll be something that we'll be keeping close eyes on. A few bunch of uh, free agents uh, who probably will resign today. Brandon Ingram, AD, the biggest one, uh, still needs to resign. But I think <laughs> one player who's definitely on the move is uh, Rondo now. Uh, yeah. Again, uh, Atlanta Hawks will link to Rondo. How do you think uh, he would do in uh, at Atlanta? Because uh, he yeah. seems to be a player that uh, that the young players kind of like. Uh, like you saw, AD praising him highly during the playoffs. You see that he's kind of. improved lakers by quality but then is he a is he a player that atlanta would want because you're not a chip contender you are a you are at max a playoff team right and rondo doesn't play until the playoffs so yeah. what are you doing there no but i i like that better than gordon hayward a cuz he's going to come at less than half the cost first of all and and secondly gordon hayward's not half the leader that rondo is not half the basketball mind that rondo is and true atlanta are not a chip contender right now but they want to be they sure want to be at some stage and and to get there you need a your superstar groomed and ready you need your team in fighting fit condition you need leadership to kind of unify it and tie it all together and that's what rondo brings uh, better than most people in the league because he's the he's the kind of guy that will go stand up to say lebron and hold him accountable just as he would go hold quin cook accountable so having him just as a as a mentor and a leadership presence in the locker room is priceless for a team like atlanta and they should go for it because god knows they have cap space i i actually Absolutely. like rondo to atlanta much much better than i like gordon hayward to atlanta 
Mm-hmm. I, I think Rondo could just be using this Atlanta as a leverage to get yeah. Clippers to give a bigger deal. And I think he fits in Clippers, uh, a yep. more viable chip contender, better. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised if Clippers don't don't go for it because this is... I mean, they can plug one of the biggest holes they have and this is probably a ready-made option to do it. Uh, and by the way, Atlanta can probably do both, Rondo and Gordon Hayward. So it's not like it's a binary... Uh-huh. Uh, situation either. So yeah, I, th- I think it's possible he might be using Atlanta for leverage. But if Clippers don't make a move, I I like it. I like uh, I like Rondo to uh, to Atlanta. I think I think by means of these two moves, Chris Paul to Phoenix and Rondo to Atlanta, two mm-hmm. young guards that are on the cusp of superstar brilliance get two veteran high IQ leaders to kind of guide them along. Devin Booker gets CP3 and and Trey Young gets. Uh, Gets Rondo, and I love it. It doesn't look like Luka Doncic. Doesn't look like Doncic needs anyone. I think he's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good by himself. When I mean, yeah. you said two young guards, I was kind of confused. Uh, who's young? Chris Paul or Rondo? Uh, to wait for you to finish. I'd like to believe the young. <laughs> no, I was talking about Booker and Trey Young. All right, then uh, we'll keep a close eye on these deals. We'll probably have some confirmed deals the next time we talk. But as always, uh, great uh, fun doing this, and we'll keep doing this as we head into the start of the season. Sounds good. Take care, man. Bye. Bye.